we are back from a two-week break here on the Native Immigrants. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about Asians in the wider mainstream pop culture. Are we even relevant? And if not, is it our fault or is it theirs? Am I supposed to say something here? You're supposed to be the host for this week. So yes, you're supposed to say something here. That what? The native immigrants are in the building. The native immigrants are in the building. Hit the music. Immigrants. I'm Jojo B. And I'm Swami Brackus. Stop looking at me like that. He's making me do it this week. We're back. I'm not making you do it. You are making me do it. And we are back after two weeks. We had a two week break, a summer holiday in Newcastle. Yes. Where we actually caught some sun. And we're back with you. And I'm being made to host the show. I thought I co hosted anyway, but apparently I don't. So here I am hosting. Doing the intro and shit. Welcome. We missed you. How you doing, love? I'm fine. <laughs> Why are you not talking? At least I'm I not, talk. I'm talking. I'm doing. You know, this is what I get given each week. I'm like, how's it going, Judge B? Yeah, I'm alright. And then I have to fill in basically all the <laughs> gaps between here and the the <laughs> halftime break. And so I'm just like, this is what the people wanted. This is what they asked for. So you I'm putting a vote happen. on If you're not aware of this, you put up a vote on Instagram and everyone, because a friend of mine said, oh, I think that Jyoti should do all of the hosting. This friend of mine who apparently loves me and, and has now left me in this role of having to do all the work because I don't do enough fucking work in my life. Mm. Um, and so here I am hosting. Welcome. This is what, this is what happens when you make me host. Yeah, yeah, someone who has anxiety. Can I just say that I have anxiety? I have talked about this many times. My friends know and love me and have helped me through this time, and they're still fucking making me do things like this. It's very anxiety-inducing. I think I think people wanted um, for me to suffer. They wanted me. This to is suffer. not like if you looked at our podcast as something that that going to induce suffering, then you're really in it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> You know, like your own podcast, of which you're like an owner of. Yeah, so then I fifty-fifty. Yeah, fifty-fifty. We exactly. always bang so then on about. Like, we bang oh, on about she, equality. She do the intro. What difference does it make if I do the intro? I love my friends, and I love all the people who voted because it came Not from a good place. But also at the same time, I'm tired, bruv. Yeah, I'm also tired. I have I'm, a long time. We, we are like a long day. It's just, it's just, you know. Do what I do, fam. It's fine. It's easy. Okay. Well, so welcome back. We are back and welcome back to listening to us and having us reside within your ears, penetrating your body. Yep. I'm hoping you're enjoying that sensation. And uh, we've been in Newcastle for two weeks. We're now back in London. Sorry, that's partly why I'm in a mood because I'm back here and, you know, I'm, I, I miss home and it was a lovely time at home. It was. The sun was out. 
my mom and dad's garden was, you know, bearing fruit. Literally, there was mm-hmm. like apples, just bountiful number of apples everywhere in our garden. Yep. And it was just lovely. They've got new lounges. We were lounging in the garden mm-hmm. and it was just nice. My mom did all the cooking. I don't have to worry about any of that shit. And like Bubs was out with my hair. So he played with his grandparents. And it was just lovely time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back here. So yeah, that's why I'm in a bit of a mood. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, of course. And I, you know, like you should see the face he's given me because no. he's like overjoyed about being here. He was really like miserable the whole time we were away, <laughs> and then now we got back here. He's like my best friend again, and so like that's why he's got a massive smirk on his I'm face. Not right now. Smirk on my face. People think, you know what? Like I'm, I'm doing this to punish Jojo B. Let, let it be known. All right. So I'm doing been... what? Making me come back to London to punish me, or that, do, or also posting both. Both of them seem like a <laughs> massive punishment to you. I don't know which one is the bigger fucking evil, but like. Like this is a show like that that my wife is the co-host of, right? Yeah. I host I I'm also the co-host. I do the intros and kind of, you know, get people, you know, sort of He's much talking. more of a, you know, like a presenter type in that sense. I just like to speak my mind. Yeah, no, no, we work together quite well. But I put this poll out. Like based off of something that your friend said. So I was like, oh, you know, let's just see what people think. Let's just name and shame it, Raj. Yeah. Raj Freak from Derby. Yeah, exactly. Who's also a listener of the show. My ex bloody flatmate. Your ex friend, yes. <laughs> yes, my right. ex friend. <laughs> right. So um so I was just like, you know, for bants. You know, it was almost like it was a little bit about like the referendum vote. You know, where like David Cameron, everyone's like, Oh, you know, I think we should leave Europe. I think we should leave Europe. All right, fuck it. Let's just put it out to a vote to the public. They're not gonna fucking go with this. Let's just do it anyway. And then the fucking public went for it. And then he had to fucking start, like, <laughs> Don't call me Brexit. All right, I'm just saying, right? I'm not fucking Brexit. This is like, this is like the, the Swexit. It's a Swami exiting as the main host of the show because people clearly want something else. How so rude. I put this out there, right? Um, I did it on Twitter and I did it on our Insta stories, right? So um, on Twitter, it was 25% me, 75% wanted Jojo B. Is that because I voted for you? That was probably the only 25% <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it was your vote. But on Insta, it was 100%. Jojo B. Because I forgot to vote for you. 100%. And the thing is, I'll be like, you know, any any other time in my life, if someone votes for my wife, I'll be extremely fucking happy, (laughs) right? Because God knows she needs a boost up the arse, right? But... Leave my arse alone. When I look at this list of people, like the kind of people that voted for you, the kind of people that... Amazing people, lovely people, listeners of our show, friends of ours, right? So, like... I can get people like Anu, who's a listener of the show, friend of ours who voted for you. Another ex-flatmate. Yeah. Um, you lovely, know, lovely friend. Rita, who's another friend of ours, great singer, who's got a single coming out this week. Yes. So make sure you go out and support that. Blossoms in Isolation. Yes. Rita um, Mara, that is. Rita Mara, yes, indeed. Um, you know, but then I, I look at people like, you don't love me, boys. And and Jessel, and Dhruv Mittal, and David Davidian. I'm like, my brothers... Where is the where is the solidarity for your fellow brethren? Because you know, if there was a revolution, they'd kill us first. So, like, what you're doing here is you're like, you know, you're just signing off on your own graves, really. Um, you know, because clearly there wasn't any equality here. I've always pushed on equality on this show, and the fact that it's a fifty-fifty show, and what I found out now is that you know, 
my you know hosting. your fan base is smaller than mine my f- fan base is smaller and but your ego is but head. people yeah people don't people are yeah really like the this amount man, of hours the I put reason into our relationship show. works so well is because i don't really have an ego and he has a lot of ego and so we balance each other out because i don't compete with his ego and so There's this no one ego. time that I didn't even choose to be competing, like I really, I'm not a competitive person, please. I used to have sick notes with PE, like keep me out of it. Then fucking I go and win. And so then now he's punishing me. I'm not punishing you. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, like where's the love people? I've meant to been putting 60 plus episodes I've been presenting like as the main kind of like intro on this, in the show. And the fact that not even one person was like, Actually, you know what? Swami's doing a pretty good job. Why would we need to change that? If it's not broke, don't fix it. But no, I was basically told... Maybe it's an experiment. Maybe they just want to see what I'd be like and how much I'd fail. Uh, I'd like to hope that. Or maybe they're doing a f- you a favour and saying, well, you take a break. It's never I just, really... this, is what, this is what happens, isn't it? I massage his ego. That's why, I'm, that's why our marriage works. <laughs> There's no no need for any egos to be massaged. I'm. Do you know what? I want to encourage this. I'm I'm touching my toes while I talk. I'm. I want to encourage (laughs) this. Touch my toes. Shut up. I'm trying to encourage this, right? Because I want Jojo B to be like a real co-host. I wanted to put in 50-50. and I kind of felt like that's how it was for all our shows. But obviously, if our listeners tell us that that's not how it was, then obviously we need to potentially change things. And if people want to see you as the main host from now on, I'm, you know, I'm happy for that to happen, you know, because I want my wife to to succeed and for her to to really, you know, give across the best version of herself on this show. Do you know what it is? I used to I used to present so much at work, like so, and I I was so bad at preparing for presentations. But when I get up on the stage. You know, you always have to stand at the front. There used to be times when I used to like, for the whole company, like 200, 300 people, I used to have to present. Yep. And I'd be like, shit, 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 right up until I went onto the stage. And then it would just come naturally. And I'd be like dropping jokes and people would be laughing. I'd be like, yeah, I've got the meeting out of the palm of my hand. I've lost that ability recently to do the kind of like that intro hosting. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the content, I feel like I'm good at. Mm. And also... Um, yeah, I can still, you know, drop those little gems, nuggets of, nuggets of um, hilarity. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I'm not arguing that, fam. I think what we've got here is pretty sick. But obviously, the people don't feel that, and so hence the reason don't be why. Upset though, I'm not. I'm not upset. Like I said, I want to encourage this. I'm the one who, if I, if I, if I didn't think that you could do this, I wouldn't have put out the poll. I'd have been like, you know, screw you all. We've got what we've got. Do you think I'm just lazy? Lazy is not the word. I think sometimes you could be um, like a little bit like uninspired. Maybe. Yes, uninspired, reluctant as reluctant, well. I think. Yeah. Not lazy, reluctant to do these things. Because you know what? <sighs> I think sometimes you can be potentially <laughs> lazy, not lethargic, maybe. I'm I mean, always lethargic. I'm always tired these days. Yeah, yeah. As am I, you know. But we still do what we need to do and deliver the best possible content on a week-by-week basis. On a sometimes a two, three-week break basis. Oh, we're allowed um, a summer holiday. No, we are. We you are. bitched at me the whole time we were in Newcastle because we took a break. And I was like, well, we're allowed to have a fucking holiday. Yeah. I'd prefer a holiday in like sort of the Seychelles or somewhere. Well, wouldn't we all? But Newcastle had to do. Yeah. You know. 
By the way, it was the first time I'd seen my parents in eight months. Yeah. We were very safe as well while we were there. You know, just before anyone's just like, wait a minute. What's all yeah, this? Yeah, we didn't do a Dominic like Cummings by driving up there for an eye test or anything yeah. bullshit. Like, we didn't have any symptoms or anything. We've been very, very good. We isolated beforehand. Yes. And then we were very sensible and we stayed at home when we got there to yes. keep our parents safe. But that's why I hadn't been home for eight months because I wanted to keep my parents safe. Yes. Um, And Bob's isn't at nursery. So we, yeah, it was just so lovely to see them. And and lovely being the operative word. Well, for me, yes. We are in September. September is the month of love. See, can in, you explain this to people who might not have listened to last September's show? I mean, it wasn't even. It was. I think it was two years ago. September. <laughs> Every September, he's made it up. Every September is the month of love. I don't even remember why anymore. I listened back to a September show in 2018 uh, to to cast your minds back. September 2018, I was heavily pregnant and very nauseous and just you know not in a good place. And another reason to really like project the love in it. Do you know what I mean? You know, like of, of that time of of money of any. Um, you know, you needed love more than any other time, you know. So, and I feel like every September we get this version of Jojo B that's like really like fucking deflated on life. Uh, and, Over it. Because yeah. it's not quite autumn yet. And so at the end of that, you know, that kind of like lovely autumnal leaves turn, bonfire night, fucking Diwali, hate it. Hate it. Christmas. Hate it. Now Bubs' birthday as well. There's so many things to look forward Don't to. This is like lovely time. I love it. Well, there you go. So really, September is the month of love. September is the kind of end of September. The end of September? The September end of- is the end of September. <laughs> yeah, September. The end of September as you know it. Because it's the end it's of summer. The month of love. It's the end of summer. And so it's just a kind of like meh kind of time, isn't it? Uh, it's like a meh time because the summer has ended. So the good times have ended. Mm. And the next lot of good times haven't quite started yet. Uh, only if you're a fucking an academic because like going to school and that kind of shit. Yeah. When you're, an, when you're an adult, you don't really have a sense of what day it is today. Because no, of but you know what the on. summer is and the summer is a lovely time. Mm. It, it is if you're not married to Jojo B. Yeah. Well, and not living in this flat that turns into an oven that was like 32 degrees inside. 32 fucking degrees. And you're going to, you know, now I have to worry about the welfare of my child to make sure that he doesn't overheat in the night. And so it's not fun. We're all about the love today on this show. Um, so, but no, but yeah. you have a dig. You have to understand why I am that way. No, just, you are the way you are, but it's fine. I don't like you know being what? hot when I want to sleep. I'm sorry. And I hate being hot when I'm inside. It's all right outside by the sea with a pina colada. But fucking hell, and you're stuck inside in a flat. You're quite finished. What? With a screaming child? You know what? Listeners, <laughs> phase all that shit out, all right? Her, don't, don't let her fucking problems, like, you know, engulf your own life and take you down the negative problems. energy. I had a great time in Newcastle. There was um, a house on my, on my street for sale that I was trying to convince him to buy so that we could relocate to Newcastle. It's the month of love. It would be even more lovely September. if we lived in Newcastle. September is a month of love. Make sure you show love to anyone and everyone you come across um you know hopefully not too many people if you're still now that we're going to be back into a, a, a much more stricter lockdown as of the 14th of lockdown September. um yeah so um for the people within your immediate household make sure you show them love huggies and kisses yes uh and you know for the people your other halves in your life make sure this is a much more amorous month than than normal is that what i've got to look forward to not with that look on your face. 
I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna talk on, but I'm not the host of this show. Like Jojo B's the host, so you need to like you need to like drive this, fam. All right, so I'm gonna drive it towards the direction of um, a suitable boy. Yes, because we need to talk about the end of it. Yeah, we might be a couple of weeks late. Just, but fuck it, let's talk about it. It's come. It has come to an end. Uh, it came to an end while we were in Newcastle. Yeah, and so you know, I I was trying to you know. Try to encourage you or trying to, you know, trying to get you to record one little bonus show so that we could just talk about this, but we couldn't be. No, fucked. I was on holiday. Yeah, exactly. So we've waited till now to address a suitable boy. Yes. Uh, uh, and we've spoke about it on a week by week basis as well. Uh, and I feel like it's only right for us now to at least close off that chapter of our lives. I kind of feel like this, this, you know, period of our show is kind of you know, coincided quite nicely with the suitable boy coming to an end as well at the same time. What do you mean? In the fact that it's very much like we've, I feel like we've, we've grown together, you know, we've kind of, it's been a journey that, that we've both run quite parallel on. You know? We've grown together in six weeks. We spent well, five weeks. We, we grew together. Yeah. We grew together into the month of love. How long have we been together? Is it going to be like, it's been nine years in January that yeah, we've been I'm, together. I'm talking about the fucking podcast, not you, you dickhead. Well, the podcast has been running for two years. It, yeah, was, it took those last five weeks for us to grow together. This is why I should be the fucking host. What are you people seeing? What are you people hearing? That that what are you hearing from her that you don't get from me? A lack of fucking nonsense. I'm to, I'm trying to look at things from a much more atmospheric kind of level. And you just fucking take it. Shit. You just like just got to find ways to like. This is all he does. Like I, I host, and she just fucking like just Cuts diminishes yeah, everything um, I say. I mean, I feel like we're constantly growing together, love. This point of our like life journey together. We've got many years ahead of us. We can't have just stopped already. Oh my god! All right, so I'm I'm not gonna delete this whole fucking conversation for the last like minute or so. Let's just talk about a suitable boy because the like you've just taken me off a tangent. That's just so. Completely irrelevant now. Why would you delete what I say? How dare you? Anyway, a suitable boy has come to an end. And we did a kind of week by week breakdown of what we thought of each episode. I felt like we were getting less and less enthusiastic yeah, about it. Yeah, the first it. episode was just like, oh my God, you fuckers. Why are you not giving this a chance? And the second episode, it was like, you know, it's, yeah, it's okay. It's, you know, but you know what? It's still a few more episodes to go. Let's just give it a go. Third episode, we were like, hmm. So yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's a bit... A little bit, a bit lackluster, but it's okay. We can still give it a go. Fourth episode. Meh. So this is like this is what this, this is what this shit is. Fifth so episode. Now we're up to the fifth and sixth episode. Yeah. Which came back of... to back. Which we were like, that's interesting scheduling. Yeah. Was it like um, you know we can't be fucked to put this on another week? Let's, Let's... just get this out of out of the way and Over done, done with, with. as yeah. quickly as possible. Um, um... So what did you think, love? Oh, let's look at the series all overall. Let's I mean, not do episodes yeah, individually. Exactly. People things. have already seen it now. Yeah. Uh, okay. And people that what that still, you know, went through the whole gamut of watching every single episode uh, will have seen it already and would have already discussed it at length amongst social media and amongst their circles. Um, I thought it was okay. I think is the, the, the best way to phrase it. I uh, was happy with the ending. Uh, I thought that the are we just going to put this out spoilers in people in case people haven't seen it yet spoiler alert um, you know if you haven't seen it, it's been three weeks ago when it came out so what are you doing with your lives um, she ended up with Harish um, Harish 
Harish. Yeah, Harish. And I thought that was the right option, if I'm honest. Yeah. I thought that was um, the most viable one um, because he at least had uh, a vision and he knew exactly where he was going. He was ambitious. Um, and I think he would also um, work with her family. Which I know is not necessarily always like the main reason to get together with someone. Yeah, it's not exactly you know? a passion igniter. <laughs> not exactly. Um, but I felt like, you know, he provided her with uh, the stability that I think uh, she needed. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one. And also, he was the least dickheadish of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Kabir kind of like, he had his opportunity and he fucked it. He know? did. And he was just young and passionate and just, you know, like... No real direction in life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other one, Amit. Minakshi's brother. Yes, he was um a pretentious dick. Mm. So I think that was is she. Yeah, but, didn't, didn't really have a great pool to work with. To be fair, no, I've no. Got to say, um, you know, we talk about a, a country with a billion people. Um, that they couldn't have found more viable options for us. I always wondered about Man. Even when I read the book, I was like, but I think because they were brought up like family. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's... there would have been a very, t- like, not a toxic path, but I kind of feel that he's got way too many demons. Yeah. Uh, that would potentially kind of like, you know, just fuck with her. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I, I didn't see, like, as much as, as, much as I, I really vouch for man i really like you know wanted him to 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 succeed in his story um and really at the end of it he was the only one that i really genuinely cared about yeah that's how i felt when i read the book as well though yeah yeah um so um so yeah i didn't i didn't see those two ever ever getting together not that i didn't care about the other ones but he's the one i cared the most about by the end of the book yeah yeah, yeah. well his his is the story that's probably got the most like um I guess like gravitas to yeah, it, and you complexity. Know. Yeah, it's very complex. Um, whereas you know, to see a, another story about a girl trying to find someone to marry, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, well, we've seen that kind of shit before. But that's the thing. I think the point of the book is is that that's like, yes, that's the central kind of storyline. Yeah. But the real interesting bits are the bits that happen around all yes, of that. Yeah. And the intertwining of all of that and how it all kind of informs Lata's world. Yeah. Because this is all the stuff that's going on around her and maybe, at that time, and the climate showed, that she's living within. Yeah, and they I don't think they showed enough of that. And I think that's a conversation No, because I don't think had. it was of interest to a white audience. Mm, yeah, yeah. Who wants to see the bloodshed that happened because as a result of Britain tearing a country apart? Yeah. No one yeah. wants to see that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you true, know, true. the aftermath of that and the cultural division that left. No one wants to see that shit because that's not, you know, Sunday evening light period drama nonsense yeah. which is what this ended up being but you know yeah. what i've always been a fan of period drama nonsense and so this is quite nice to see the vintage saris and all that stuff yeah no like i said there's lot, definitely some pluses to it um a lot of negatives as well it, it, i think it was more a case of um what might have been I yeah think when we look at suitable boy but um, one thing i think i'm really glad of is that we stuck with it we watched it because i would hate to have been one of those people that just just, dismissed it yeah, just yeah. from the uh, that people dismissed it off the trailer like we already said before yeah and, and just to be that episode. dismissive of things that 
are being put out on mainstream, like, you know, like big, big productions that a lot of money's gone into, mm. to be dim- dismissive of it just like that. Yeah. Like we've seen with, you know, when we talked about Never Have I Ever and all those kind of things. Yeah. Like just to kind of not even give it a chance. Yeah. I think it's really, it's unfortunate and it's really narrow-minded to be that way. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Because you might miss out on some good Fair enough, this wasn't brilliant. Yeah. But you might one day miss out on some really good shit. No, of course, of course. Sometimes, so, you know, with these things, they, they end up finding another life later on. You know, I, I remember like one of my favorite series, the most favorite series in my whole life is The Wire. Mm. And initially, you know, people weren't really watching it. It became a, a cult show almost like after it had finished. Um, and then it, be, it had this massive like kind of resurgence when it became a box set and people were able to watch these things as a whole. Um, and so it's, it was one of those things now people look at it as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. If you see it as an entire piece of work, we can't start talking about the why because we'll no, be here no, all day. No, exactly. But if you see it as an entire piece of work, it is a true piece of art yeah. because of the way the storylines weave together in a way that makes sense at the end as well yeah. it's like what game of thrones wanted to do but couldn't fucking do yeah towards the end um, yeah. because the writing was shit towards the end mm. whereas this consistently the wire had consistently great writing yeah and each season stands up yeah but as a whole it's yeah, like a it's, work it's, of art yeah, absolutely um yeah not for one second comparing a super boy to a wire no but what i will say is um you know it, it's one of those things where i think you do have to watch it as a whole to appreciate it um and i think on the whole it was an okay show and yeah it wasn't terrible no i w- definitely wouldn't i think it, one of those things where if you go into it with not much uh not so much anticipation but you know go into it with too much um expectations then you can see it as like a standalone piece and not you know be too bad actually really nice was seeing it watching those last two episodes with my mum and dad mm. and because when i was sat there watching it it occurred to me that this would never have happened in their day you know like when they were when they first came over and you know it's it's taken them to now be like in their 60s mm. to see something like this on tv yeah, which must yeah. be so big for them yeah we i think we can harp on about how we don't have enough representation we can't we can talk about how you know life isn't fair for us but for them this is it's quite monumental i reckon yeah to see something like this because they would never have expected it to be on no for sure for sure yeah so in that way there is you know a hint of progress um, but it was quite st- nice to watch it with yeah. them because they really enjoyed it. I could see how much they were enjoying it. Definitely, so it nice. definitely. Um, something that like as us with our whole community, our whole families can relate to as well. Um, and yeah, watching it together as a family. Um, Did you feel awkward in any of the kissing? Yeah, scenes for sure, or? man. I was with my in-laws, isn't it? So it's it's always a little bit weird, um, you know. But I think that that's another thing that we just need to get out of that mindset as a community that these things shouldn't really be a problem. It's more the awkwardness that our, uh, our parents feel, which enables that. I don't know if there was that. anything that was really to be awkward about, though. Like, it was, just, it was quite, it was all quite tame. Those two episodes, yeah, there was a guy wanking off in the first, like, a couple of episodes. I don't think I'll be sitting there and watch that with your dad. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully more things on TV in the near future. Um, before we get into the second half of the show, um, really sad news. Quick rest in peace. Uh, shout out to Chadwick Boseman. Um, really, really sad um, to hear about his passing while we were in Newcastle. Um, and I think for us, quite 
um, symbolic because our very first show, the numero uno episode of the Native Immigrants, um, the main topic of the show was our review of Black Panther and how we felt it was a real coming together moment um, for, um, you know, not just the black community, but like so many communities across the whole world that were there in unity and support of this film. And, you know, we spoke about it at length and, you know, we really um, like supported, promoted and championed Chadwick Boseman's performance in that film um, and what an iconic role he represented um, and a character that had such, not just as a superhero, but the, the power um, that that role um, put across to the rest of the world, um, especially for, you know, members of that community on, on the possibilities um, of a black superhero. And, and it was just, it's just incredibly, incredibly sad news. We were really, really sad when we heard about it. And it just, it just so much talent yeah. went with him. With him and yeah. Um, yeah, just all the love in the world to his family and his friends and to all his fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, two of whom are the two people you're listening to right now. Yeah. And it's, yeah. We will have his collection of films that he made. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that will be his legacy to us. Yes, indeed. So we can continue to watch them. Yeah. And remember his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for this half of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after the break talking about whether Asians are relevant to British pop culture. And if not, is it their fault or ours? See you on the other side, people. to the second half of the native immigrants i'm jojo b and i'm swami barakas and he's still making me host that's above you know this is what the people wanted and you're a people person and you want to please the people so here you are representing your people being the people's champ the one thing i am not is a people pleaser Uh, i never have been that's true and i never will be well, you know, like there's always time for change. You know, we're in, you know, we're in September, like we mentioned in the first half. This is the month of love. Mm-hmm. And so we need to show the love to our people by giving the people what they want. Yeah. That's what a real queen does. You're okay. the queen of this podcast. Okay. The people have asked, deliver, fam. And here I am delivering. I'm presenting, mm-hmm. hosting. I mean, we're co-hosts. We both, we both host this. Yeah, well, you know, I, that's not according to our listeners, obviously. They look at me as like the main honcho of this and you're the, you know, hanger on. And so, you know, here we are. Look, this is, this. Is, we want people to let us know, obviously. Uh, How after I've the been doing so out. far. Exactly. Let me know. Exactly. Um, if this is the way we are going forward, could could potentially happen. Um, but so look at far, you just so like good. slipping into host mode again then. I'm just sitting Just shut up. Nobody wants to hear speak. So... Here we are on my podcast. Welcome to the Native Immigrants, part two. 
He's not going to say anything on purpose now. Thought, look, you host him, fam. <laughs> host. All right, so... What are we talking about this week? Well, we are talking about... Um, how do we summarise it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can... I can tell this is the thing he's really good at summarizing and I am good at blabbering on and making my point I basically speak mic drop that's that's my thing speak and mic drop Mm. plus I'm done there's my words and so now I have to like do all the in-between faffy bits and I'm not so good at that there's n- there's never too late to to you know, step up and learn this kind of stuff. You Even know? when I used We've to do the like... breakfast show on Spice FM in Newcastle, breakfast mm. show. I was co-host, so I would I, you know again I would just let Sandeep, who was my co-host, kind of do all the boring bits, and then I would just say my bits, my funny bits. Mm. Might drop go. And that person. Yeah, but look, we've done sixty plus episodes of this show now. I'm the bringer of gems. We'll bring the gems now, fam. Present. I bring you gems every week. Um, okay, so this week we're talking about not representation. Mm, no, we've we're done talking, that before. We're talking about relevance. We're talking about what is the relevance of us, the South Asian community, the mm. British Asian community. Yeah, are we even relevant? Currently? Are we relevant to pop culture in this country? Uh, and so how... And do, do we need to be? Do we need to be as well? How did this conversation stem about then? So there was a tweet that I retweeted and that I made my point mm. of basically my point on this tweet, which was about you know, but there's just a lack of us being seen and our stories being told and our stories being heard. And I've got to say, and, th- sorry to, to cut in, host. Um, the There's been a few of these tweets from a number of different people. I just feel in the last kind of, couple of weeks or so everyone's talking about this out of nowhere i'm not going to say that we haven't you know that we weren't the first people to speak about this and stuff because that would just be tooting our own horn and we're not those kind of people obviously yeah you know but we've had this conversation at length on a number of our shows yeah you know and so a lot of people are talking about what we have been talking about which is great because we want to make sure that our whole community is discussing this yeah well, give me that weird look for. Because I have a point to make, but I want you to say your bit first. You know, so now you now completely lost the point that I was going to make. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be looking at my face. Yeah, no. I don't. Anyway, carry on. What the the point I basically <laughs> the po- it's a really serious conversation. The point I'm trying to make is, um, mm. it it seems to be at the moment a hot topic of discussion. Yes, and uh, which is another one of the reasons why we wanted to revisit one of our previous shows where we spoke about. Asians in British pop culture. It was our second show, you yes. know, of all. So now we want to kind of look at it almost two and a half years on and see are we still relevant or relevant at all? Have we made any impact in that time? Any inroads? I think, so the point that I was thinking of as you were speaking was that I think the reason that it's come up in the game in the last couple of weeks is there has been this kind of... I think people are feeling like off the back of Black Lives Matter we were forgotten about and I mm. think that's going against everything that that I, movement stands for. Yeah, that movement stands for and that I have been learning to do in terms of not centering on us and our stories. Yes. In that bigger picture mm. when it comes to Black Lives Matter because that was the that has been the 
um, issue that needs to be addressed. And that's very specifically an issue that the black community has to deal with. Mm. And now I think a lot of people have kept their have kept their mouths shut, but the, in, but inside it's been eating them up. Going, but what about us? What about us? And and I'm not sure that it necessarily needs to be spoken about at length again mm. because we have already spoken about it before. Yeah. But seeing as the conversation is out there, this is not us centering ourselves. This is us addressing an issue that's come up on our timeline. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to say that. This is a separate issue. Yeah. This is not us trying to kind of hijack that very, very important issue of Black Lives Matters, which is which is still is going on. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, and that is still something that we shouldn't forget about. It hasn't been fixed. Yeah, no, it's not likely to be fixed for a long time either. Exactly, exactly. But we still must must be doing our part as yeah. a community to help that movement and show solidarity. Yeah, which brings us on. Very nicely to our first point, I think, about this uh, this issue within us feeling like we aren't being seen. Mm. Our community feeling like, well, some members of our community feeling like we're not being seen and not feeling relevant. Yeah. Solidarity. Yeah, solidarity is definitely one. Um, but I think the three main points, I guess, when we look at us and relevance mm. uh, and how much impact we've had on pop culture british pop culture and the the main question i feel that we need to ask in this particular episode is is more is it is that our fault or is it their fault which or is, is it a question, combination of both yeah which is the question that i posed when i retweeted this original tweet yeah. on twitter and it seemed to bring up um an interesting response mm. uh, a number of people thought that actually it was partly our fault yeah um for not doing enough hmm. um for a number of reasons that we've discussed which is why we thought it would be a good idea to discuss this on the podcast because we have been discussing this the past few days and which is why i mentioned solidarity because that was one of the reasons that we feel or that i felt i don't want to speak for you my love hmm. but that we felt that um was holding us back in terms of making an impact that we have control of yeah. so what we need to do this is what my therapist tells me all the time you have to be able to look at what you're in control of yeah so what we have in our control is how we support each other as yeah. a community how we move together as a community yes and i think i said this two years ago and i've said it probably a number of times across other shows that to do with various other topics we do not move together as a community no absolutely not um it's something that we have spoken at length um and so i think when we're looking at this half of the show and uh the different factors that contribute to why we feel we're not as relevant in you know whole mainstream uk culture or we're going to split this almost into three different sections uh three different s's that we've come up with and the first one is support, like yeah. you mentioned. You know, um, we spoke about this on that particular episode, episode two, in that, you know, we um, as a community don't move together and help support each other uh, in all facets of... And I guess we're, when, we look, when we're talking about Asians and relevance and pop culture, we really are focusing, I guess, more on the creative arts, aren't we? 
Yeah, because I think there are many arenas in which we have actually made a massive impact. Give me one. The NHS is built off the backs of South Asian doctors and nurses, as well as black doctors and nurses. Yes, indeed. You know, and the food industry has the amount... The, the the huge impact we have made on the culinary scene in this country mm-hmm. is unimaginable, really. You go to any other country, do they have Indian food like we have here? Nope. No. And that's across don't. the whole of the UK. I mean, I mean, we're not, you know, yeah, we could talk about, down. yeah, we can talk about the pockets of the UK where there are, um, you know, mass Asian communities. So, you know, obviously London, Birmingham, Manchester, Bradford, and all this. You're obviously going to have an ample number of Indian and Asian restaurants as such there. But we're talking about, you know, it, it's a common knowledge that people look at curry as one of the national dishes here in the UK, um, across the whole of the UK. Yeah, and I took you to, remember I took you to that little village that I grew up in, well, that we moved to in, in, in Northumberland when mm. we first moved up to the northeast. Yeah. Tiny little fishing village. And there is an Indian restaurant there. Yeah. And yeah, there indeed. was back then, mm. in yeah, the yeah, 80s. Yeah, of course, of course. And so we've made such a huge impact in that way. And, and if you think about it, food is one of the biggest kind of, identifiers of you being integrated yeah. into a into a society yeah yeah for sure when your food is not seen as like other or different or weird mm. it's just a part of our day-to-day cuisine you can go into the supermarket and get curries to take home and eat you can't get that for every cuisine we take it for granted that that happens in this country it doesn't happen everywhere you don't get it might be shitty frozen curries, but they're still we, people still want it. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. that they, they they want to have it. It might they are now slowly. I think the authenticity is coming in, and people mm. are trying to teach them about people like Asma Khan are trying to teach about authentic curries. But the need and the want for curries has been there for you know centuries now. Yeah, and we actually spoke about this at length on episode 59 in the cultural appropriation of food yeah where we speak about you know curries almost specifically um so listen back on that show for more about us in the culinary world but we are looking at guess more of our communities within the creative arts on this half of the show Mm -hmm. um because it's been a, a, a massive discussion for us especially for representation uh, on television, um, something that we've also spoke about again in a previous show very, very recently. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to, we need to start asking the questions. Um, and I guess when we talk about support um, being the first objective here, what more do we need to do as a community to show support amongst each other? Um, now, I, I pose the question to you as well, Judge B, just before we start the show, mm. um, you know, because support is is big and, you know, we do need to show, you know, like you said, solidarity and, and find ways to elevate each other and make sure that we progress together. But are we also content with mediocrity? Because the, the point I'm making is, I want to see South Asians across the UK succeed. I want to see them progress. I want to see them move forward. I do want to obviously want to see representation on television. I want to see 
British Asian acts in all the top charts across the UK on a week by week basis. Mm -hmm. I want to see all these things, you mm -hmm. know, I want these things to happen. But is it at the cost of potential quality as well at the same time, you know, and, and stuff that's got substance to it, stuff, something that's going to basically help push us and, and, and elevate us more as well. Because there are a lot of things that, you know, our communities potentially sometimes get behind that are not necessarily um, either put us in a good light mm -hmm. or are just average or mediocre, you know? And are we just happy to see Asians on television? Are we just happy to hear uh, uh, about an Asian tune that's out there, which could be awful, um, you know, subjectively, obviously I'm talking about, but because there's an Asian attached to it, we've got to all of a sudden get behind it. I don't know why One Pound Fishman didn't just come into my head just now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's great to see, wow, look at this guy from the, the market store in the middle of like some, I can't remember where it was, like East London, potentially, I can't remember, but made it really, really big. Mm. And everyone got behind it. It was like, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, if we're, if we're facing the facts, it's very much a gimmicky novelty thing. But that was because people were laughing at him, not with him. And but, that's the problem. People, it's the, it's the same with Danny, mm. you know, um, he, the people like to mock. Yeah. And we like to be first in the queue to do that. Right. But it's not about those kind of joke acts. It's about finding if there is solidarity, if there is a, a some kind of support system, there is a, a potential movement that can happen, mm. then yes, there will be mediocre acts. There always are. Yeah. Um, uh, but there will be some talent out there that will be found. But the point is, is that there is nothing, there is no movement. There mm. is no scene that we can get behind. And where if there is a scene, then there's going to be a whole bunch of people that want to be part of that scene. Yeah. And some of those, a, f a small handful, because that's where talent is. Talent is a hand is in the small handful, not in the majority, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that small handful will, you know, rise to the top. Yeah. I'd, but all right. So if you're, say, if you're a, um, I'm look at just, if you're an Asian radio station, mm. okay, and you have um, a, a across the whole day have to fill this up with say asian music i'm just mm -hmm. thinking i'm just looking at music say right now for this point of time mm -hmm. and you've got to yeah like i said you've got to fill the whole day up with new music across the day obviously you have your talk shows and you have all this other bullshit and stuff but music is your bedrock yeah and so you've got to assume that there's enough quality music coming out like all the time here, I guess in the UK. Let's just look at the British Asian music because you can. I've seen radio stations. We know we know all the big platforms, obviously now in the UK for Asian music. They get music from Canada and they get music from India and they get music from all over the world from artists of South Asian heritage, you know. But if we were to focus on British Asian music, is there enough to fill up a day's worth of music? No. Okay. No, all right? And so two, you almost don't have a choice but then to play the things that are, okay, they're, it might not be amazing, amazing, great music, but we'll have to just go for the next level down mm -hmm. to fill up this slot. 
and then what obviously what what then happens is it you've got a kind of like a um you know a benchmark of what the the kinds of music that's been played on these stations and so any old tom dick and harry can put together a tune and it's obviously then played on radio i know things have obviously changed from the days when i used to first start making music because then like loads of people getting onto radio just to you know because there wasn't enough music now there are a lot more artists and there's a lot more different genres of music and stuff that people are getting involved with now they're on on radio stations mm. but still is there enough quality in depth to 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 enable like a full kind of scene as such I, just for me looking at it from an outside perspective i'm still seeing the same kind of people i'm still seeing the same artists there's a handful of new ones that come out every now and then but then they fade into obscurity again again that comes from lack of support though so those older more established artists are not bringing through other people they are not supporting a scene mm. they are out there for themselves mm. they are making their money they are not part of a scene they are not they haven't come from or they might have come from what was the beginnings of a scene mm. but that eventually just kind of died away and so now they're left on their own and so they haven't looked back yeah. to think actually what more could we be doing here? So I think a part of that, the reason that they're still out there and doing their thing, good on them for still being there and persevering and yeah. making their money. But there has nothing, what's been left behind them yeah. is like a vast kind of black hole of nothingness. Mm. Nothing was there to, there was no support system put in place. There has not been any kind of um, structure put in place yeah. that would help bring new artists new talent through right. and i think that's where we go wrong so yes you can have like a grassroots for example right you've got the grime scene there's a grassroots kind of um scene that established itself it was a type of music that just kind of like spread amongst all the different parts of the country yeah, and yeah, became a thing that then people started to come in and create structure yeah. and actually create labels and radio stations yes. and platforms, SBTV, the things where we, people could kind of get their music out there. Yeah. We don't have those entrepreneurs mm. who will come in. We do have those entrepreneurs, but they're not coming in and seeing the potential of growing a scene. They're seeing cha-ching, money, quick money, and then we get out. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's part of the problem mm. that those people, like there is no trust. There's yeah, no yeah, trust yeah. amongst people. There is, and you know, I'm not saying that that didn't happen in the grime scene. I'm sure it was rife with it. But there were still some people who were out there to try and support. And then when artists got, you know, those original artists, when they got a little bit more um, exposure Both, yeah, yeah. and they got a bit more experience, yeah. they then were able to offer that wisdom that they came, yeah. that they came with and that they had. They were able to offer that to the younger, to the younger ones. ones. Exactly, yeah. And that and enabled them to kind of grow there's as well. A lot, yeah. There's a lot of like kind of, you know, touch my feet in our community. Like there's not there's not enough, like let me help you and mentor you. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. lot of, you know, touch my feet and show me respect. Who do you think you are? Mm, and I think yeah. that people, like the tiniest bit of fame 
can go to people's heads. You took me to an award ceremony once. Yeah. And I saw that in practice. And I was like, I will never fucking go back to one of those those award shows. It was horrific. I just hated it. I hated the atmosphere there. People were horrible, bitchy, Mm. saying nasty things about you. I could hear them at the bar bitching about other people. And I was like, this is not a scene. This is, there's no support here. Mm. This is a bunch of hangers on who want to cause problems. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen in any other scene. The hip hop scene was rife with it in the 90s. That's why, you know, somebody died. And it's still happening now. Mm. But it's those kinds of things cannot go on. They yeah. have to stop for a scene to progress. Yeah, yeah. But what happens is, is that those kinds of things, what I've seen happen so far in my lifetime of kind of seeing music in the last kind of 15, 20 years, is that you, it, the, those people kind of end a scene. Mm. It stops there. We used to go to one. I used to go Bombay Bronx. It ended because of a because of a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the end of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the yeah, scene and, and, literally and the whole, scene ended that night. That's crazy, yeah, because that almost ended like the you know the the showcases and the yeah. you know the networking and the, you know everything kind of like yeah, almost did kind of end very very quickly. And I guess what also happened with that was like, you know, we talk about support amongst our, you know, uh, the the artists and the producers and the creators. Mm. But you know, we've also got to look at the flip side from, you know, the the people, you know, making the decisions as i.e. radio stations, presenters, you know, like labels, you know, the people in those aspects are they also doing the same? I think, you know, like some like the Asian network, we'll just put it out there. Asian network do like to bring through new artists and, and bring through new acts because we're always trying to evolve and, and uh, you know, to, to show that there's another generation of artists that are still coming through. Mm. Um, but you always still find they're still having to rely on the older acts in order to, you know, get onto like their big kind of stages and stuff and things that they do. But also that change in music policy killed off a lot of opportunity for younger acts and for newer acts and for British acts. Mm. They they changed their music policy and it became much more rooted around um it, like Bangra yeah, and and Bollywood and you know like Yes, it's nice to hear that music, mm. but that is not the music of Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are a BBC station, mm. British broadcasting company, and you're you're representing an Asian community in this country, I think that should first and foremost be at the at the top of your kind of agenda when it comes to the music policy, mm. personally. Yeah. But do you know what the question we haven't asked here? What do we bring to the table in terms of the the music we want to get out there? So Sick Hook is specifically about music. Yeah. Do we want to do be like a bunch of Asians doing grime or hip hop? Or do we have actually a genre that's ours mm, yeah. that we bring, yeah, yeah. that we can use? Because so far, the music that we have been making that has, you know, semi-broken through has actually been... It has been part, it's been mostly from black culture that we have then used and, yep. you know, put in a kind of slightly Asian sound to it. Yeah. But even, like, for instance, the, the Asian underground, mm. you know, house music came from the Chicago house scene, which was a black music scene. Yep. You know, and, and drum and bass is very much from the black music scene. And so we have people who are very good in those genres. Yeah amazingly good in those genres Hmm. but is that our genre 
Well, it, is in, that our music? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, the answer to that is no. Um, Where, and, where's the originality amongst us? And I'd have no idea because I'm not a musician or, you know, if we're talking specifically about the music scene, I'm not, mm. I, I know nothing about this. I couldn't tell you how we can make a new type of music, but people do it. So are all the okay, ideas so, okay. used up and do we, do we just appropriate that music? Not necessarily using appropriate in a bad way, but just kind of, do we take that on because that's a culture we live within? Yeah. Or do we bring something from our own culture and kind of try and mesh it, try and make it palatable to the western sound without it being like that terrible song from Lagan. Uh, the one that's where she sings it in english oh, right, but it's yeah, like yeah. an indian song it okay. sounds terrible english all right, so okay uh, my, my answer to all that is like you know the, the music for youth culture for asians in the uk is bangla right let's not there's but no that point. Bhangra is Punjabi music. Yeah, it but does still, not represent the no, but, whole but, of the diversity that we have. No, so because can think, we, is there something that okay. we can bring together that is actually brings together the commonality of our Asian-ness? But I think, like, you, okay, you think about like where Bhangra come from. Yes, it's, it's root, deep-rooted in Punjab and stuff with the folk Bhangra or basically folk Punjabi music in, in, in originality. Mm. And you got you can argue that with hip-hop, hip-hop was also originated from the the Jamaican chatters and you know then using the kind of um the live sound systems and stuff to do PAs and that's how hip hop evolved in New York, you mm. know, and stuff. And so they all derived from that one core uh sound and stuff. And, and obviously Bhangra here in the UK has obviously derived from that sound. So yes, it is a sound that we've got from India, but I think Bhangra, UK Bhangra has always had its very, very much its own like sound and that's very very different to indian bhangra now indian bhangra is trying to make things that are more uk sound because that's become its own entity mm. now the uh the question that i have is you know i've seen a lot of people talking about you know we've got this x tracks basically out there and it's got a million hits and two million hits after a day a lot of this stuff obviously people pay for views and whatever blah 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 you know but there's some tracks, obviously, that are really big within our communities that don't that don't um, necessarily, you know, transfer the same level of success into the mainstream charts. Mm. Um, and so, then are we are we asking the question is um, like, in terms of bhangra music, is there a place? Are enough people outside of our community have enough of an interest in bhangra for that to be elevated into the UK charts? And I say no because language for me will still always be an issue i had this conversation with someone a little while ago about bhangra and stuff and how the fact that language will always hold its back and their argument to that was well look at despacito that got to number one and that's not in english but that's one track that's like one single tune that did it and it's obviously like a massively catchy tunes i suppose mundeta bachke is like the same if we look at if we look at something exactly yeah. exactly you know that got it not to the same level but it did get across out into the world Sidhu's track with steel bangles and mm. and mist and you know and and steph like so that got into the, the charts great amazing love to see it is i are we in a place in time where we'll be able to see more more of that or is that only famous because obviously the all the, all the components that are on there you know um you know if you've got mist and steph on a track it's obviously going to chart and so you know the the language for me will still always be a hindrance it'll always be it'll always unfortunately hold that 
level okay, of exposure so back for if us. If we use your example of the hip hop scene being derived in that Jamaican scene originally. Yeah. So they took the beats, yeah? Yeah. And the, the kind of style of like talking fast, basically, is what it was, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, it was yeah. basically, they, 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 they used to um, take um, like kind of the break from soul tracks and things like that, then loop it, and that's how hip-hop started. And then okay, so it's the, the DJs beat, used to yeah. chat over it. So the, if the beat is the doldrum, yeah. could you, and you guys use that anyway, Gujaratis use the doldrum as well. You have like a slightly yeah, different beat but, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. we use madons you, yeah. and these kind of things. So would you, could you envision a Gujarati song, Gujarati language song on a Bangla beat? Or should it be, because we're British Asian and we're an Asian community and we're trying to bring community cohesion here across states of India or religions or countries across South Asia, mm. if we want to try and have a unifier, it's the English language. Yeah. Because we live in this country and that's what most of us speak. Yeah. Yeah. So then would it be an... English song or English language song on a Bhangra beat. The thing is, like, in in is, theory... Is in, that how we become culturally relevant? Possibly. I, I feel that people look at that as more of a novelty. Like, we're talking about things that are, like, kind of previously about things that are not... not I'm not talking about laughter and laugh with it and stuff like that. But people will look at that as more of a gimmick. I feel. But not singing it in an Indian style. But you have a Bhangra beat. Mm. You don't have to sing it kind of in a, you know, like English with a Punjabi accent. That but doesn't have to be I like guess that. Then, then it's coming back to what like Timberland used to do with like Missy and, and all the guy, Truth Hurts and all them when they used to have Asian, uh, you know, kind of like the beats and stuff were all very Asian orientated. And then they obviously had their singers basically singing over them. So then, have we uh, yeah. already made our cultural impact? Well, that was that was that time, wasn't it, where we said that Asians were cool because for a short period. Bangla music in this country became a thing with the with the kids in this country when it started to fuse with um, hip hop and garage. And yeah, stuff back and the two thousands. Yeah, and the reggae beats and stuff as well, even earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, you know, like it became a thing because it started to mix with the music that was already popular here mm. or, you know, came from the other minority communities that we were interacting with here. Yeah. So really, is British Bhangra, is it a thing anyway? Because we've already appropriated from black music hmm. again. This is the thing. Yeah. How is it possible? Oh, why do we need to compete? Yeah. Why yeah. does there need to be a competition of like, well, you know, black people are making it in music, so why can't we? Mm. Yeah. You know? Because you just see a bunch of white people jumping on the boat and kind of trying to emulate the success of black musicians. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I have seen, where having worked in the in the um, music scene for a little while, I had my window into it, was that the people in charge of these record companies are still white. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they have, for decades, made money off the back of music that came from the black community yeah and it has taken them a long time to get into the positions of how i was working at one of the labels i was working and saw that that's one of the first kind of senior black people be promoted into that into that role and that label had been making for decades like decades and decades money off the back of black musicians yeah so if they're only just getting into positions of power now themselves, 
how are we expecting to get into positions of power in the music scene? Although mm. there have been a couple of new players that have got there. Yeah, who, yeah. Who are Asian. But how are we going to get there when we are not making any impact on the music scene ourselves? Mm. You know? Yeah. So th- I think the music scene, <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to be, be able to make a massive cultural impact. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think we then have to pose the question, are we bothered? Well, yeah. When there's the... there's so many other creative avenues for us. Well, yeah, exactly. So um And it know... doesn't mean that you have to give up. No, no, keep, exactly. Keep going yeah. with it. If you do if you're a musician, it's not like a kind of well fuck it then. Just, you <laughs> exactly, know? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you and your career are not worth it. It's not that. It's just that the 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 Asian sound doesn't necessarily have to be a massive cultural impact in this country. All right. So let's take, let's put music to the side out of the equation for a okay. second, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's look at TV and film. Um, and it kind of brings me, when I look at TV and film, onto our second S that we're, uh, you know, uh, we're looking at in terms of our three S's yeah. um, with this particular conversation. The second S is segregation. Uh-huh. Uh, now, still to this day, I still, as a whole, whole community, South Asian community as a whole in the UK, I still haven't fully integrated. I don't think that's as a whole, we fully, fully integrated. Many, many, many have. But as as a whole community, as in there's parts of the UK where it's so heavily Asian and there is like, they still don't even speak English on the streets and shit, you know? Yeah. I just think you come from one of those areas. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I come from Southall um, and, and Southall was still like, it came to a point where it was integrating, but then it just got so like so heavily Asian institutionalized. They've now almost reverted back to it just being like, but a mini I think India. that was the case. I think that happened after nine 11, if I'm honest, like yeah, yeah, 20 probably, yeah. years yeah. ago, we were on a, a kind of clearer path to integration. Yes, there were some problems and, you know, we, there were still issues within, there were still, you know, race issues at that point. Yeah. Not like there was some kind of like nineties, beautiful era the yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. was hard still in terms of race relations mm. but um things got even worse and i think our communities kind of retracted withdrew themselves mm. a little yeah. after 9-11 yeah because partly they didn't want to be there was like the non-muslim communities are just like we don't want to be seen as muslim because we didn't do that yeah the muslim communities were like this is a small minority. We're not like that. If you're going to tarnish us with that brush, then fuck off, basically. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, like, let's yeah. just stay, let's live quietly. Yeah. And um, and I think there was just a lot of tension between our own communities mm-hmm, and then yeah. with the wider kind of white communities. Yeah, exactly. And obviously it hasn't, like, you know, with stuff that's been happening in the last few years, um, since, I guess, the referendum vote, um, that's only distanced those communities even further yeah um you know between sort of the south asian communities and the and you know the wider british communities because of that um a number of obviously racist incidents and things like that have happened as well at the same time mm-hmm. and so there is a kind of like an us versus them kind of mentality a lot of the time um when it comes to especially our community um you know and again we come back to that point you made right at the start of the conversation about you know having this kind of like you know 
looking at Asians and relevance and stuff and really are we taking away from things that are happening with with the Black Lives Matter movement um, when up until George Floyd got murdered in the States, it, it a lot of it was about us and here in the UK and, you know, us with um, a lot of animosity towards our communities, especially now that Brexit has happened. It's yeah. almost like a, you know, go back to where you came from kind of issue, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, 2020 so, has been like a magnifying glass of things on on issues that have always been there, have been, yeah, and they exactly. have been rife since the Brexit vote. Of course, of course. They've been growing and growing and growing. But I felt like that even earlier. No, exactly. Well. Yeah, I totally, felt like yeah, those totally. tensions were growing there's kind of the, the coverage of, of migrants and things like that yes that was making it worse and worse mm. slowly was you know increasingly getting bad yes. and then 2020 came and just like just put a massive magnifying glass all over all of it and just said look this really is a massive problem yeah yeah and so so because of that um our communities have, have segregated uh themselves off from each other um and so it also almost does link a little bit in a way with the support in that now do we support each other's individual communities? Like, you know, so would you see the same level of support from, say, the the Hindu community towards the Muslim community, the Muslim community towards the Sikh community, you know, and then and then in sort of like, you know, and vice versa kind of thing with when we're trying to elevate ourselves in in UK culture. I don't pos- I right now in this you know this time I don't feel that that's necessarily the case. No, I think the influence of politics has had a massive a massive impact especially right-wing politics and it's rife everywhere in the world including yep. India and I think those tensions uh, from mostly India Mostly India if I'm yeah. honest. No, but here America wherever. But but the, a lot the, of that the, but a lot of those ideals they get those a lot all people do from our our communities is watch these Indian channels and watch these things and they see all this like real far right uh, Hindu nationalist ideals and and ways of thinking, yeah. and that gets trans that gets translated to here, and people have those same thought processes and stuff from yeah. things that are happening out there. You know that that's a very influential um, you know factor basically in yeah. their in their way of and thinking. And when you come from what is a minority in India as well, so Sikhs are a minority in India, Muslims are a huge minority they're a massive minority yeah. but they're still a minority in india and then you feel that you feel like your community over there is being threatened you mm. feel threatened over here as well yeah, and yeah. so you go you go on the defensive yeah yeah or sometimes you go on the attack mm. oh, yeah. you know and then it's just a lot of clashing there's a lot of clashing that goes on it's gone on for years it's not just a new thing it's not because of the the rise of modi or anything like that it's it's is has been happening for a long, long time. Mm. There has always been tensions between communities. Yeah. And I just, I I don't see how, I want it to be some kind of, you know, utopia where we're all like brown, you know, we stick together because we're brown. But I just, I don't know if that's possible because I think, and this might be controversial and people might hate that I say this, but there is an innate selfishness within Asians, I think, generally. Mm. And we look after ourselves and and if it doesn't benefit us, then why would we do it? Mm. And solidarity is not always about benefiting yourself instantly. It's not about instant gratification. But with so- solidarity comes strength and it comes and comes safety, safety in numbers. Yeah. And 
I just feel like we do ourselves a disservice by segregating ourselves and by separating ourselves. Yeah. Um, not only from British communities in general, but from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I just, I, I've said many times before in the podcast, I wasn't brought up like that. We never, I didn't come from that kind of environment. And then when you go into that kind of environment where people don't get on, I mean, my best friends are Pakistani and Bangladeshi. Yeah. And I, to then go to places where people will say really offensive things yeah, about yeah, yeah. those communities, it it burns me inside. Like I hate it. I hate hearing those things because I take it personally because my best friends are that. And so why would you, you know, and they've been there more for me than my family have been in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so why would I then find that acceptable to be around? Mm. It's me basically, you know, when you feel like you're stabbing someone in the back Yeah. yeah. without yeah. me, I'm just, I'm kind of, allowing someone else to stab my friends in the back yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, just standing course. by and letting it happen and i hate that and so you know because i didn't come from that environment i can't think in the same way that those people do i don't want to think in the same way but i don't understand how we can make those people change mm, yeah that's yeah that's not an that's not an overnight fix um but how how to to relate that to what we see represented for our communities on television mm. and how we're you know we're se we're segregated from each other basically here in the uk so things that show us on television reflect that as well there's a few obviously um programs that uh, differ from there um you know we don't want to keep rabbiting on about Ackley bridge but there's a very mixed community in there mm -hmm. um and you know one of the things that we've stressed the point on many of an occasion and unfortunately we're still doing it again on this show is the need to see um normal asians being normal on tv um and it it's few and far between and is that because of how we've left ourselves quite segregated and so the only things we'll see on television that's that shows our community is the kind of negative stuff Maybe because that's probably some, like the only window that people get into our community when something bad happens and it's yes. in the news. And so that's what they think we're about. Yeah. Which is, you know, like it's then our responsibility from within those communities to tell the other side of the story mm. and to give the alternatives. And I think maybe also to try and help people understand why the segregations happened mm. and i know it shouldn't be all on us to like educate the world and all that kind of stuff yeah exactly but at the same time no one else is going to do it so if we want it to happen if we want things to change we have to bring the change mm, yeah. and so yes i don't feel like we have to educate every white person out there as to why we're the way we are and they shouldn't hate us for it yeah but we should be able to if we can tell our stories yeah and we can show the normality of our communities and the everyday things that are the same issues and worries that everyone has in any community you know the just the daily grind of life yeah um and the same things that we laugh at and all that kind of stuff mm. if we can give those stories then that might help educate yeah, those people. yeah. i think i mean we've already spoken about it already uh, like earlier in the show but things like a suitable boy Yes, they're all kind of big productions and they're lovely to watch, but they don't really give us give any real insight. And I think that was the problem that a lot of people had with it. It doesn't give any real insights to us. Yeah, there's yeah. no relevance to us in this country mm. and who we are. Yes, there is some education. We've spoken about it, you know how we should have given it a chance, and we did give it a chance, and yeah. you know, and it was kind of education on what 
post-partition, just post-partition India kind of was like. Yeah. Although I do think they just kind of skimmed over a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't... And so there's a kind of sense of our history, mm. but it doesn't give you the history of this country. What we want is the stories, if we want to look back at the past, is the history of us in this country. Yeah, yeah. Easter's Easter's not enough. No, of course, yeah. Yeah, the you know? barge in the... Is it like there's been like, you know, in every like decade of those, there's been films to reflect that and stuff and we've spoken about those before we can the say Barge on the Beach and we can say Benilla Beckham etc but yeah they as in if we're talking about a handful of films over the course of the last like 40 50 years yeah. of of our you know us being in this country and nothing such. really looking in detail about I think Barge on the Beach was a great insight into the lives of Asian women at that time yeah yeah for sure um and but there's not been very much that has given that kind of insight since then. Easter's East was actually quite a good insight of kind of being young and in the 70s. First generation as well. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but we've not had anything since really that get, that does that. Bend It Like Beckham was just like a fun rom-com. No, but it's a, fu- it's a fun rom- rom-com. But again, it was just a, a regular Asian family in the UK with a story that wasn't all about, you know, forced marriages and, and, and honour killings and... Yeah. Uh, you know, like terrorism, for God's sake. But it didn't really sake, give you, know? you any real insight either. No, it just it kind of normalised us being here, which is, but that's know, which what, is a yeah, good thing. Which, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I want to see more of that. And the problem is, and I'll come back to that again, is are we content with mediocrity? Is that there have been a number of films that we've both seen with Asians being represented in there and people yeah. from South Asian heritage, either like as creatives or the actors involved in it. Yeah. And they've been pretty shit. And yes. the and the I problem just remembered is, the ones that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and the yeah. problem is a lot of our communities obviously get behind them. One, I guess, is because you know they want to look like they're showing support for these things and stuff. Because if you do, then it enables them to get potentially commissioned for other films and etc. Yeah, because those kind it of brings things. the money. If there's popularity, then the money comes. But like, I, I we can't also like push mediocrity as as a representation of our community mm. because that that reflects badly on on actually i don't want to say we're going to put us all in the same bracket because that's the whole point of this podcast is to is to eradicate that that mindset yeah but you know if 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 you show me five different films in the last say five to ten years right yeah. Uh, that were made by um you know british asian writers or you know uh, and directed by ex whoever british asians potentially you know um how many of those films genuinely like are like great films like i legitimately can't think of any and so the problem with that is someone people will be tweeting in right now saying what about this though but what about this though this probably there probably is you know mm. I've, I've just spoken about we've just spoken about east is east barging in the beach benila beckham from that time period there's no nothing that comes into my mind that's of that level of this time period for me to be like, yeah, that's that's in that same bracket. There isn't. Yeah. We've seen some, I've seen some pretty awful films and we both sat there and watched some pretty shit films. Some kind of okay, decent-ish kind of ones as well at the same time. Yeah. But what we can't do then is all like, let's all you know, push and support this and expose this out there to everybody. Like this is our, <laughs> this is the film that's going to basically make or break for us. When in actual fact, it's actually taking us three or four steps backwards. So where do we, how do we, I mean, do we need to have our own, like, 
if we're talking about film, do we need to have our own film festival? I know there's the London Indian Film yeah, Festival, the, the, but yeah, then that, exactly. but that's not focused on British Asian filmmaking. It's yeah. you know general kind of Indian filmmaking. Um, I'd like to know: is there a British Asian film festival? There must be. There absolutely must be. I don't know about is it. Is it a case of like encouraging short films to be made? Yeah, and you know, and trying to get those creatives that there must be Asians that go to film school. Yeah, you know, and of course. you know getting them out there and trying to get them do they need to have experience in the bigger film industry mm, yeah as or well. do they need to stick because i know from people so i've worked in tv for 10 years yeah and i worked in mainstream tv yeah you know i worked for the big broadcasters and and i worked on broadcast side so i kind of understand the business side of things of that but like do you I think I have a very good understanding as to what the failings are in terms of us being on TV, on yeah. mainstream TV. Hmm. Mostly because everything's run by white people, they don't give a shit, yeah. like whether we're on there or not, right? And so do we need to have more Asians working in those kind of roles just to understand hmm. how the business works? And so they gain that experience and then they go back and they do their Asian projects. Yeah, yeah. Or do we just focus on just, you know, straight out of, media degree or film degree yeah. straight into kind of making Asian only things and you stick to kind of Asian TV and that's the thing because okay. Asian I feel like Asian TV companies are run very differently yeah yeah and um you know, in the same way that all like Asian family businesses are run, radio stations are like that. We've heard the stories about radio stations. Of course. We've yeah. heard the stories about the TV stations. So do we need to get more of those people mm. who are working in those environments. environments and get them into the mainstream to mm. understand how it works, big business works, how the production companies work and how the commissioning process works, whatever, yeah. on the, and how, you know, a channel, how a program even gets on air. Yeah, yeah you know, of course, of like, course. What the suite looks like, where they actually make sure the things are in the right places so the thing airs on time. Yeah. All of that stuff. Or do we just... Do we just leave them to it and just kind of let them slog away and, you know, well, and just try and provide like, some funding in the film festival for them to do? Or like, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't I don't get where we need to find out where the failings are, where the structural failings are, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. The, and where the failings are in terms of understanding what where the gaps are. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can be great, but like, oh, I'm a creative and I don't, and I'm not getting commissioned. Okay, so what is the commissioning process? Do you know what's going on within that TV channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you even targeting the right TV channel? Yeah. Do you know what else is out there? Do you know? Do we do creatives and filmmakers know if there are any other funding? Is there any funding or you know other other routes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there transparency with all of these things? No, definitely not. Um, I think I asked a lot of questions there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think um, I I got you at should we? Um, I, think, but, no, I feel okay, like I so, just I, I spoke to in my years of like working in TV. I spoke to people who worked in Asian TV, and they would you know like just kind of like well yeah I, I work in TV and I know how everything works and but they knew how a smaller channel worked. Yeah. Yeah. And things in the smaller channel work very differently to a bigger channel because yeah. there's just so much more, you know, there's more cogs that have to go around and things that have to be put in place and, you know, levels of bureaucracy that you need to go through yeah. to get things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I feel like sometimes people aren't aware of that. And that's not me being condescending because I've worked in that industry, but that's just me just saying as, as of experience, yeah. I've seen the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I, you know... 
I wasn't even in the commissioning room, so I have no idea what kind of bullshit actually goes on inside that room. Yes, yes I just yes. saw the outside of that, which was a heck of a lot of a lot of work. I worked in research and I worked with the production research team, and the amount of testing that goes on before a show goes out on air, yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, you know the concept testing and things, and so. <laughs> I don't know, maybe like if things are being tested and your your proposal doesn't, your pitch doesn't go through. Yeah. Is it because it's been tested and people have rejected it? It could be. Uh, obviously, how many rejections obviously can people take? We've seen so many different people, uh, people that we know, you know, um, try to get their works commissioned and they're constantly rejected. Uh, the, the, going back to your point about the people that are within that industry that... Um, especially the film industry that don't necessarily make stories for Asians after that do members of our community, people of South Asian heritage in like say the bigger mainstream industries, mm -hmm. creative industries, um, do they have to have a responsibility to then elevate British Asian stories thereafter? You know, it's the same way. It's like, I guess I, I don't know why to think of this, but, Say an artist like Rumor. Do you remember Rumor from a few years ago? Yeah. Right? Okay. Half Pakistani, right? Mm -hmm. You know, really big in the mainstream and stuff, right? Now, like, how much? How many people from our communities were there to support her? How many people from our communities knew that she was half Pakistani, though? Fair point. So Fair if she's point. not your cup of tea musically, might not necessarily have felt any need to support her. Because mm. I didn't know until you told me. What? You didn't know Rumor No, was... because she, she looked white. Mm, yeah but, or okay, like kind so, of mediterranean okay. yeah okay so then so some okay so maybe her or her record label i remember but saying like, sorry carry on yeah no they they might not necessarily have have pushed on that fact because maybe for her it's it's not really relevant you yeah. know it's about you, the music but then you look at an artist like joy crooks mm, yeah exactly who doesn't need to either because she does look non-asian yeah but she's very proud of her bangladeshi heritage for sure yeah and so she has no issue with talking about it. She's very proud to talk about it. Yeah. I saw a clip of her singing on, on Twitter the other day and she, you know, dropped a couple of Bangladeshi words in there. Yeah, of course, words. of course, yeah. And so she's she's very proud of that heritage and so she has a lot of support. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my, absolutely. My, but that's what I'm saying. So, but for someone that, say, doesn't necessarily um, champion their South Asian roots with either the films they make or the music they make. Mm -hmm. Now, do they get that same level of support, say, from our community just because of who they are and, their, and the culture that they are, rather than telling British Asian stories, making British Asian music? Um, well, look at Himesh Patel. Mm -hmm. He's making films that aren't rooted in Asian stories. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't deny his Asianness either. True. If that makes True. sense. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't avoid talking about it. He doesn't, sh I mean, he can't shy away from it. His, his, his look, his, you yeah, know, his yeah, skin course, color and everything gives it away. It's, it's not a way, if you're of a mixed heritage, yeah. then maybe you can not talk about it mm, or yeah. you can distance yourself from it. Yeah. But when you're obviously Asian and you're obviously Asian and you can't distance yourself from it. But do you need to? I don't think he wants to. It doesn't yeah, he, it no. doesn't seem to have hindered him because he's very good at what he does. Yeah, no, I guess I guess in a way that and the echoes with, the same with all the that Dev yeah, Patel, Patel. Yeah, yeah, and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost been like kind of a you know, for 
I'm, I'm guess I'm looking at it more from the perspective of the creators, you know, people that are behind the cameras telling the stories or writers, you know. I think for writers, it's all about authenticity. So if you don't, if you don't have a story to tell from your community, but you have another story to tell, mm. tell the other story. Yeah. Like you have to, it has to come from an authentic place. If it doesn't, then it, then it doesn't translate well onto screen yeah but then you're kind of but then what i'm saying is then you're damned because we're trying to basically tell our stories but yet we we can't but those stories should only be told by the people who can tell them hmm. yeah and so if you're from our community and you can't tell that story because you're disconnected in some way or another you're just not interested yeah then don't do it then, yeah exactly but you can still be an asian person making waves in the film industry or the TV industry, mm. you, you don't necessarily have to tell an Asian story for us to be proud of you. No, 100%. Totally agree. But that does actually bring us on to the last S, the third S of our three-pronged attack into Asians and relevance in the wider mainstream UK culture. And that is the system. The system. So we've already spoken about the first two points and how a lot of that blame can go on us as a whole community, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we, we can't keep pointing the finger on the other side without addressing the issues within ourselves yeah. in why we've almost inhibited ourselves from progressing and becoming a lot more relevant within wider, you know, UK culture. Uh -huh. But, you know, there, there is, two sides of the coin there's the other side of the equilibrium and there is that big door that is shut as well from us trying to progress ourselves yeah and that is obviously because of the system um and there you know we've spoken already just now about the commissioning rooms uh the people making the decisions the people uh enabling that progress or giving the green light to that uh, and the fact that there is uh, a massive red tape and there's uh, a massive like barrier blockade from stopping that from happening. Um, and we've heard all number of reasons for things not getting commissioned uh, and how people have been like, well, we've seen this already previously. Or We've got another Asian on the list already. Yeah, so we've already sorry. got our quota yeah. of, um, of Asian <laughs> uh, shows. Um, and so we don't need another one as such. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear more about that terrorism thing. And we'd love to hear more about that honor killing show, um, mm. you know. So um, the system. The system. I'm going to steal a quote that I saw from the great athlete, Casta Semenya. Okay. She Talk said, she said, doors may be shut, but they're not locked. And so what we need to find is the way to open those doors. Mm. And that the problem with the system as it stands, yeah. and 2020 Black Lives Matter has highlighted this and, you know, really shown us what the problem is here, mm. is that systemic racism exists. And so all of the systems that we want to be part of yeah. are rotten to the core. Mm. So now... How do we, how do, how can we help ourselves in that situation? Like, hmm. what do we do to try and improve that situation? Those systems, those companies, 
need to look at themselves long and hard <laughs> and try and fix their system. But that's not going to happen. And really, they have no incentive to do that. This is like what I was saying. So- lots of people are shouting about how unfair life is at the moment and that, you know, this this stuff is going on, that racism exists. Yeah. But they're just waiting for it to die down again. Yeah, exactly. And they're just going to carry on doing it. I mm. mean, people have been saying these things for decades, you know, for years, centuries even now. Yeah. And, and people just don't give a shit because they're in power and they want to keep their power and they don't give a fuck. Mm. That's what it essentially comes down to. So the only way that I see that we can change things is from get, is by getting on in the inside. If we can get into the inside, yeah. and we've said this before, we need to be in those commissioning rooms. We need to be in the boardrooms yeah. to make things different. But getting those roles, again, to get promoted into those roles, to get those jobs, you know, the, this it's, is a- it's the... It's the same people that are rotten to the core that are holding those keys. Yeah, no, this is the whole point I was going to make was like the same, like, um, you know, like the struggle to get things commissioned um, is just as equatable in people trying to get themselves in the rooms to make those decisions. If anything, it's actually even harder uh, f- to, to climb that ladder into a place of power in in order to do these things so this brings me back actually this is just this thought just literally popped into my head Ding. yeah we are a community of entrepreneurs hmm. we are a community of people who work in it and tech and all sorts of things can't we just make our own fucking platform can we not just make a can we not have a counter culture a counter movement Mm. can we just say fuck you and your systems we're going to create this whole other and i'm not talking about ztv and the asian channels i'm talking about things that come something that comes from here and is for us what i will say to you uh to everything you just said in theory amazing great and you're absolutely right if we go all the way back to that first show when we talked when we talked about this this specific specific subject our community still don't have enough faith or enough um cohesion yeah with the arts and we but we spoke about we spoke about sport in one aspect of that show and how still our communities still hold our you know our youngers to progress within sports because they don't see that as a viable career. Obviously, they haven't seen any footballers and stuff in the Premier League and across all different sporting um, facets. I just the other day had an article about um, one of the lads who was a Yorkshire cricketer um, of, of Pakistani origin. He'd just been dealt with racism week in, week out for throughout his entire career playing for Yorkshire. And he retired. He's only 29 years old and he quit cricket. Um, now, I'm just saying that's just one aspect of it and stuff, right? Now, like sport as a whole holds, our, you know, uh, there's not enough encouragement to uh, to get our kids into sport as a long-term future. Out, You know, cricket maybe, yeah, fair enough, but look, football's the main sport and stuff. There's, hard, there's hardly any Asian cricket, uh, footballers, sorry. Um, you know, and then that goes the same with athletics. It goes with rugby and all these other sh- sports. Now, the arts... 
only recently in the in the last few years have we seen i guess more and more people involved in the arts as and as a viable long-term career it's still to to be honest frowned upon amongst our wider community and so when you look at all the biggest entrepreneurs that are asian within the uk and all the businesses and the things that they're obviously made their money in arts is definitely not one of them because they just don't see it as uh you know a long-term fulfilling uh financial uh investment and so because of that you you probably won't like brit asia tv is like one like we see right right now and stuff like that if there was enough of a viable investment in it you'd see multiple um channels and and, and labels I don't think like it's this about channels i think it's about platforms or platforms or I whatever think that look so the publishing industry mm. has long, 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 long been known for quieting our voices, you know? Yeah. They just kind of silence us. They don't publish people of colour. And so we, our, our good friend Nick Shukla yeah. has, um, I think he set it up, or him and a group of friends have set up a literary agency yes, yes. for people well, of colour. Yeah, and they're getting published. Yeah. And so they just went, you know what? If you agents don't want to represent us as mm. writers, then fuck yeah. you, we'll set up our own agency. Yeah. Set up our own agency. And now they've got they've got people published. Yes. They've helped them get published. Amazing. And and represented them in a way so that they can get a deal, like a good deal when yeah, they get yeah, fucked yeah. over. For sure. And so why can't we just do that? Why can't we just say, well, fuck off then. Your system is broken and we don't want to be part of your system. It's mm. shit. You don't represent us. You're always going to fuck us over. You're always going to make us feel like shit. Yeah. You're always going to make us feel second class. Yes. So we're going to go over here and we're going to talk to this massive percentage of the population that we are mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, we're not going to, be on your platforms. Fuck you, Netflix. We're going to have our own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to have, there needs to be some bravery and there needs to be, this is where it comes back to those other two S's. There has to be support. Yes. And we have to stop segregating ourselves from each other. Exactly, yeah. We can, I mean, there is a slight segregation here because we're just going to be saying fuck off and we're going to do our own thing. <laughs> yeah. But we have to, as a community, come together. But then also, like, if we do do that, it needs our community to support our you know, our businesses, our projects, our, you know, like, you know, people within our community that want yeah. to progress things within Investment the Investment needs to come from us as well. Exactly. You know, we can't keep banging on about representation, whether that's in the literary world, the television world, the music world, without us then doing the same and in putting the money in and supporting all these businesses to progress. 100% agree with that. <laughs> so you Asian entrepreneurs with all the money, Mr. and Mrs. Moneybags, hand it over to someone who knows how to build this platform. Yeah. And no doubt that all of these massive tech companies are majority Asian employees, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing the grunt work. Mm. And so those people need to be coming together and creating something that we all want to be part of. Yeah that we all want to watch and support. But then, again, we must support this. No, exactly. That's the thing, yeah. We can keep like, you know, un unless there's the support from our own community for these things. And what I'm talking like, we come, you know, keep repeating stuff from previously. The stuff has to be 
good. It's got to be great. It's got to showcase us in the right way. It's got to basically, you know, elevate our communities as well at the same time. You know, to, to put out millions into like a terrible fucking tune or a terrible film that does nothing for no one but just remember that a lot of these big platforms like netflix and spotify have run on loss for a long time Mm. because they were never it was always a long-term model to eventually make some profit yeah but they knew they had to be a loss-making company for a long time of course and so they have to be massive investment into those companies yeah. for them to even be a viable thing. Mm. And that's I think that's just the way of the world now. So yeah. take someone who with much more knowledge than I to to come up with this idea and to make this a business model that could work. Yeah. But I don't see why with all of the wealth of knowledge and and talent within our community, the amount of bloody studying that our community has done. Yeah, exactly. You know, all the business degrees and tech degrees and all the other creative degrees that we've all got. Mm. Why can't we come together and do something great? Yeah, but we also it comes back to again to mentality as well. Mentalities also need to change to um, enable that to happen. You know, we like I know us and our generation and how we think. I'm a creative, you're a creative, and we've obviously come from that world. But that's not necessarily the case for you know a, a big majority of our community that's it still it doesn't have to be that that everyone has to get involved in making the creative stuff no, but, it's the know, creators pe- who make the creative stuff it's yeah. the people who like to be entertained that watch those things yeah, yeah and if you're crying out for like representation on tv or there's nothing that i'm really interested in on in tv that reflects me if someone makes something then fucking support it yeah exactly. if it's shit then we'll, you know, also be able to critique <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah. there needs to be an abundance of stuff first. Yeah, well, exactly. You know. So we, your question earlier on about mediocrity, mediocrity, sometimes we don't have a choice. Mm. If there's nothing else out there, we will take the mediocrity. Yeah. We the, don't want to accept it. I'm like, you know, the I'm quality sure. comes from actually being able to delve into a pool of people yeah. and plucking out the, the talent. Yeah, and of course, like if uh, there'd be like 50 Hollywood films that come out tomorrow. You know, forty of them might be shit. Yeah, you know? exactly. But at least there's still ten films of that you can say, "Wow, great!" You know, I can get behind this. But all of those films, even the shit ones, gave people jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave yeah. people experience. Yeah. Allowed people to do something that they want to do. Yes. Because the opportunity was there for them. Yes, of course, of course. If you get your opportunity to work, I mean, my first job in TV was working on a, on a game show that was so complicated. The host, Bruce Forsyth, didn't understand what the fuck was going on, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and it never got commissioned again. It was shit, but it was fun. And I got a lot of experience on that show. Yeah, I yeah. understood. I learned in those three weeks, I was just a, an intern for three weeks. Yeah. I learned so much about the industry and how it works. Yeah, yeah, and course. those opportunities need to be given for pe- for talent to be able to get go through and you can have those opportunities and realize that it's not for you you don't want to do that mm. but you have had the opportunity to experience it if you want to and those opportunities don't come along i know how lucky i was to get that work experience because there were no other asians working on those shows yeah yeah i was the only asian on the whole production mm. so it's hard opportunities is is a big word um you know being given the opportunity to do something that you love to do creatively, um, you know, is a is a real blessing. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm 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 good to see fifty terrible British Asian films if it enables the experience and the and the nurturing for these people to progress into bigger and better things and to enable much more quality to happen. You know, at the moment we're not seeing either of those things. 
And so, you know, where is the opportunities where the opportunities are all being closed off and the ones that do eke through some, you know, some of them potentially succeed, some of them don't, um, you know, but being given the opportunity to, to showcase what um, are some real values within our community um, and to show us in a great light, um, you know, at the moment it's not there and we need to create those. And if they, like the system is going to stop that, then we need to find ways to create for ourselves. But it does need the support of our community in order for these things to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, we definitely don't need the segregations in our community to stop the support to enable that to happen as well. Yeah, we need to be a cohesive community. Mm. We need to be together. And that involves... (laughs) We want to be together. No, but that means not, you know, staying in your own little lane. It means, you know, mixing with each other and then also supporting each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we can fight the system. What do we always say? Fight the power, fuck the man. Yes. Are you looking? Oh, I'm supposed to do the hosting. Yeah, bit see, I would. I was going to round this all off, but it's. I'm not the host this week, fam. This I was is waiting you. for you to do that. Nope. <laughs> I'm sitting there just pause. like I don't know what you're looking at me for, fam. <laughs> do you know what? I always switch off at this point, so I have no idea what you. Yeah, exactly. Say. And so this is uh, the shoes on the other foot today. Thank you for listening to the Native Immigrants. I'm Jojo B. And I'm Swami Varakis. We'll speak to you next week. We will. See ya. Peace. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. It wasn't even like, you know, usually I have like a closing kind of like peace and stuff to get into the next part to say people that to listen in next week. It was just like, thanks then. Bye. <laughs> Ta-ta. See ya. Stars. You do it then. Okay. So that's it from this week's episode of The Native Immigrants. We'll be back next week for more of the same. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo, but you basically just said what I said. No, but there's a way of saying it. And you were just like, oh, thanks then, everyone. I'm not, I'm not dramatic. It, like, went from, it went from like, you know, some thanks real... for listening to The Native Immigrants. <laughs> you next week people know, isn't <laughs> stop hitting the fucking microphone <laughs> sorry i don't mean to fuck's sake i'm a gesticulator i can't help it i do it sometimes see you all next week people <laughs> peace bye